Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I'm so excited. We're going to be starting a new series today. And you know, every single day, you and I, in some form or another, we get bombarded by statistics. It's on the news constantly, statistics, statistics. It's on your, on your kind of news feed. Somehow, someway, we're getting bombarded by statistics. For example, I just found out that the average American eats nearly 13 pounds of ice cream every year. Shame, shame. Let's get going. One out of 10 people are left-handed. This one is crazy. Each person produces 5.9 pounds of trash every day. Wow. 31% of people don't know their neighbors at all. Which side of the statistics do you fall on? In life, statistics are often given for the purpose of admonishing us or encouraging us to get on the right side, so to speak, of the statistic. For example, I remember being a kid and I'm trying out for uh, my high school baseball team. I tried out for so many different teams as a kid. And one of the common things that would be said is at the start of the practice, Something like this would be spoken by the coach. They would say, nine, look around you. Nine out of the ten guys who are trying out won't be here next week. Do you have what it takes? What was the purpose of that? It's to motivate you to get going, to get ready. Well, Jesus also prophesied some real kingdom and end-time statistics for the very same reasons. Jesus prophesied so that you and I could get on the right side of these statistics. Let me tell you something. There's nothing worse than being on the wrong side of a kingdom statistic. Amen? So I'm going to give you two prophecies that were like kingdom statistics that Jesus wanted you and I to to pay close attention to. And when he was speaking... 2,000 years ago, in the Gospels, he was speaking into the very moment in time that you and I are living in. He was speaking into the very moment in time that someone who's watching online is living in, in the right here and in the right now. And he was saying these things so that we can get on the right side of this statistic. So here's the first prophecy. It comes from Luke chapter 18. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? This was a prophecy where he was implying that in the end times, as things get difficult, as things get dark, as cultures go crazy, as cities like Chicago go crazy, one of the things that's going to happen, potentially even to his own people, to his own children, is that their faith would start to diminish. How many know we got to get on the right side of that statistic? How many would say amen? 
Come on, say it like you mean it. Amen. I want to be on the right side of that. I want to live by faith. Here's another one. He said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, but not all. The love of most, but not all, will grow cold. Jesus was saying that as we take in our news feed, as we see what's happening and get hit by bad news and bad news and see the crazy things that are happening in this world and wars and rumors of wars, if we're not careful, our love will grow cold. How many know we got to get on the right side of that statistic? But then the Apostle Paul comes along in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And then he says, here's something that is foundational and immovable. This is a promise for every Christian and every season. And what he says is this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I want to get you ready. Today's message is about thinking, reasoning like a mature believer, not a childish one. He said, when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And he's speaking specifically about your faith and my faith, your walk with God and my walk with God. He said, for now... We see only a, a reflection as in a mirror, but that's okay. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. But here's what he says. And now these three remain, read them with me, ready? Faith, hope, and love. One more time. And now these three remain, ready? Faith, hope, and love. One more time. These three are immovable, unstoppable realities, promises for the children of God. No matter what's on the news, no matter what's in your life, no matter what's coming at you, these three remain, everybody, faith, hope, and love. Anybody believe that we can walk in faith and hope and love around here? Yes, hallelujah. No matter what's happening, we can walk in faith, hope, and love. And he says, but the greatest of these is love. So that's what brings us to our series. We're going to spend three weeks focusing on the three graces that God says you can continue to walk in. At all times, you can walk in faith. No matter what's happening, you can walk in love. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love are attainable to you. You can attain a place in God where you can walk in real faith, real hope, and real love. Hallelujah. The world gets meaner, 
The world gets more depressed. The world is getting more hard-hearted and unbelieving. But on top of that, these three remain. What? Faith, hope, and love. Don't forget it. I'm telling you right now, don't forget faith, hope, and love. No matter what you face in the days ahead, don't leave faith, hope, and love because we can walk in faith, hope, and love. Now, let me give you a quick, a quick caution. See, sometimes we read the Bible and we somehow think that those promises don't apply to us. You ever meet someone who they feel like the rules don't apply to them? Okay, this applies to you. You can walk in faith, hope, and love. Honestly, when people find themselves on the wrong side of this statistic, typically they're filled with excuses and justifications. They're saying, yeah, but I don't walk in love because this happened to me. I don't, I don't have hope because, but you don't understand. How many know Jesus understands? And he says, these three remain faith, hope, and love. So today, we're going to pray in a few moments, and we're going to say, Lord, we're going to receive deeply today. We're going to receive that what you promised to us can overshadow and overpower everything that's coming at us in our lives. Anybody believe that here today? We can walk in faith, hope, and love. We can walk in faith, hope, and love. These three remain. So it is possible. Why? It is possible for us to walk in faith, hope, and love. And let me give you a couple reasons why. Number one, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Number two, we have the word of God inside of us. Number three, we have the blood of Jesus. How many know we can be different when you have the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the word of God inside of you? When you're born again, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of you. When you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, you can be the anomaly. Listen, an anomaly is something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. Your life is not supposed to be standard. It's not supposed to be like everyone else's. How do you know we're supposed to be different? We're supposed to shine. We're supposed to be salty for the glory of God. We must be the outlier. We must be the difference. So I want to pray today. And today, we're going to focus on faith. Everyone say faith. faith. And I want to pray that the Lord would enable us to receive. Uh, and, and as you're watching online and as you're listening, look, I've been reading the Bible for over 35 years. I can't even remember how long exactly. But it gets very easy for our brain to say, I know that. Never, ever, when it comes to the word of God, say in your head, I know that. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Amen? Amen? So that's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Come on, close your eyes, lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you 
this beautiful day that you have made, this beautiful service thus far. God, we thank you for your word, which is living and active, quick and powerful. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, our spirits, our minds about faith. Speak your word, Lord, and help us to walk and to live by faith. No matter what we're facing, God, we pray for faith. No matter what we're feeling, God, we pray for faith, God. No matter what is coming at us, God, in the name of Jesus, God, we want to receive fresh faith by your mighty power. And so do that, Lord. Speak it into us. Sow it deeply into our hearts. Give birth to faith today. Help my, my, my feeble lips today. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen and amen. So we're going to be talking about faith. Faith defined. There's a lot of kind of basic definitions. Here's a basic definition of faith. Faith is living and walking in the confident assurance of the goodness and power of Jesus. Faith is living and walking in the confident assurance of the goodness and power of Jesus. Interestingly enough, even, even, I didn't call the band and say, hey, sing these songs. But interestingly enough, the songs themselves were focused on the goodness of God, on the faithfulness of God, on the powerful God. He's a powerful God. This I know, this I know. Somebody say amen. So here's what it means. In the same way God has given us two legs and two feet to walk, we walk two legs and two feet. And, and, and spiritually speaking, God gives us his goodness and his power. Okay? His goodness and his power. When you walk by faith, you walk in the confident assurance of his goodness and his power. You say every step that you take, when you leave this building, every step that you take, you're going to say God is good and he's a powerful God. Hallelujah. God is good and he's powerful. He, God is good and he's all powerful. Every step, every when you walk into your office tomorrow, whatever you walk into tomorrow, when you step in it, God is good and God is powerful. Hallelujah. When you face that difficult conversation, that difficult situation, you're stepping in saying God is good and God is powerful and God is good and God is powerful. He's good and he's powerful. Hallelujah. That's the way you're going to walk into this week. You're going to walk saying God is good and God is powerful. Hallelujah. Don't forget he's good and he's powerful. Here's what happens as you embrace his goodness and power Faith bubbles up inside of your soul. Faith starts to, to well up in your heart and you start to live and walk by faith. When you live and walk by faith, there's like a breakthrough that happens. 
See, faith is like a breakthrough of two types. And I want to spend the rest of our time focusing on the two breakthroughs that happen inside of our heart when we really when, when faith really is activated inside of a believer, there's like a special kind of breakthrough that takes place. It's life-altering. Faith makes you different. Okay? When you're walking by faith, it's different. You're different. You see different. You feel different. It's not that your circumstances are different. It's that you're different. Faith is from the inside out. Somebody say amen. Faith is what God does inside of you. And because of what he does inside of you, there's this life-altering, in a sense, power residing in you so that everything becomes different. You, you can't just have faith. Faith comes from the word. Faith comes from receiving Jesus. Faith is not something that you can produce in yourself. Faith is something that you gain access to as you receive from God. But when you receive from God, when you receive the word of God, when you, when you look in to the Holy Spirit. I took a class when I was a kid and he said part of walking with God is that at certain moments and times, you have to learn how to retreat into your heart. Why? Because that's where the Holy Spirit is. You retreat. One of the ways you overcome temptation, for example, is that you retreat, you hide in Christ. You see, that's where the Holy Spirit is. I think that we as believers forget that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory, but not when you're walking by faith. When you're walking by faith, you're so aware of Jesus inside of you. You need to be aware this week. You know, when I was away, um, God changed the way I used to pray. It's one of the things, a lot of things that happened. But one of the things that happened when I was away is that I had a habit of praying, I need you, God, I need you. I need you, Jesus, I need you. And um, I mean, that's a pretty good prayer to pray, okay? But I was praying it in a certain way. And God said, I'd much rather you say, I have you. I have you. Now when I want to say I need you, well, the first thing I say is, Lord, I have you. And when I say I have you, there's this confident assurance that builds up in my spirit, right? I have you, Lord. You're with me. Somebody here needs to, you need a switch. You need a switch in your perspective. You need to know he is as close as the mention of your name, of his name. He is with you. He's, if you're born again, he's with you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Maybe you grieved him and he withdrew a little bit, but even when God withdraws a little bit, he's still there because he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Anybody happy about the faithfulness of God? Come on, put your hands together and say, thank you that I have you, oh God. And so we, we look in, we look to the word, we look to God. 
so that this kind of, it just breaks through our humanity. It breaks through our circumstances, our environment. And here's the first breakthrough. Faith is a breakthrough that moves us into the logic of the impossible. Okay? Faith is a breakthrough that moves your heart. Everybody look at, look at me for a second. It, we're, we're a unique combination. We are spirit, soul, and body. You see? So we have our spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory. But then our spirit is not only connected to God, but it's also connected to our soul. It means our, that's, that's the realm of our emotions. It's the realm of our thoughts. It's the realm of our personality. We are all three, okay? And all three work together uh, um, to, to reason out, to logic out how we see things. You understand? And when you're walking in faith, you break through into this place that all of a sudden your mind and heart and spirit are working together so that you're operating from the logic of the impossible. Let me show you this in Father Abraham's life. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven nineteen, Abraham, everyone, reasoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. This is talking in the, in the Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of faith. It's talking about at a certain point, God said to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Imagine. Imagine God telling you, sacrifice one of your own children. But Abraham said, I'm going to obey God. And you know why I'm going to obey God? Because God already told me that from this son, there would be multitudes and multitudes and multitudes from his seed. He hasn't, he hasn't had children yet, but from his seed, there will be so many children and nations would be born from his seed and many, many people would be blessed from, from this child. And so if the Lord wants me to sacrifice him, I guess the Lord is going to raise him from the dead after I sacrifice him. Now the Lord didn't let him harm his son, but Abraham, the reason why he could do what God asked him to do, the reason why you can do what God asked you to do is because you move into the logic of the impossible. In other words, here's what the word means. In the Greek, it's logizomai. It's where we get the word logic from. It means to deal with the facts, to reckon, to count, to compute, to calculate, or to take into account. You see, there is logic, and then there's the logic of the impossible. The impossible, when you're walking by faith, the impossible makes sense. When you're not walking by faith, the impossible is foolishness. You know? Do you know over the years, every time we met with bankers, they would look at our books, and they would say, how does this happen? Like, where do you get the money from? And I would say, we take offerings. 
And they would say, I know, but do you like require people to give? I said, no. In fact, we tell people, don't give if you don't wanna give, right? Only give if you wanna give. You know how many, it's been a joy for me to say to bankers, you know why? Our church is filled with people who walk by everyone. Faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. People scratch their head when you walk in the logic of the impossible. They don't, they don't get it. But when you're walking by faith, all of a sudden, you, you see something, uh, uh, um, you're faced with something, and that's something, no matter how difficult, no matter how hard, no matter how challenging, you say, God is good, and God is powerful. He's a powerful God. This I know, this I know. He can change my marriage. He can change my family. He can break this habit, hallelujah. Because that's the logic of the impossible. You have to be able to step in to that. You, 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 the way you think changes. You know, here's the interesting thing about Abraham's life. Early, when you read the story of Abraham, early on in his life, Abraham struggled with fear. Two times he lied about his wife. She was really beautiful. And they were moving, and two times he came up against some kings, and he thought, oh my goodness, they're going to kill me because they want my wife. And he lied about it. But little by little, through the faithfulness of God, and maybe you find yourself there. Okay, little by little, through the faithfulness of God, something started to happen in Abraham's life. And then at a certain point, some kings came and kidnapped his, his, uh, his uh, nephew, Lot, and when they stole him, instead of saying, well, that's the way it goes, you should have stayed with me, brother. You know, he, you know he, he could have said a whole bunch of things, but instead, what he said is get 300 men, and he went after them. And he went after them, and he conquered kings. And he, he, he got a new courage in his heart, and he fought a new fight. Somebody here, when faith is birthed in your, life, is birthed in your heart, you're going to fight a new fight. You're going to win battles that you used to lose. You're going to walk in the victory that is found in Christ Jesus. When faith is birthed in your heart, then all of a sudden, the logic of the impossible is how you operate. God honors faith. God honors faith. And so Abraham slowly but surely grew into this incredible man of faith. You don't say you can't get there in your faith. Say all things are possible with God. How many would say amen? amen. All things are possible with God. Listen, listen to this. The majority of Ivy League universities were founded by Christian laypeople and ministers. One such leader was former Princeton president and founder Jonathan Edwards, hailed by the Encyclopedia Britannica as the brightest mind to ever step foot on American soil. Here's what Tim Keller said. Tim Keller said, the secret to Jonathan Edwards' genius is that if you poked him with a fork, he would bleed Bible. In other words, in other words, you can 
be a university president and walk in the logic of the impossible. You can be a nurse at Northwestern or at Rush, okay, or in Evanston. You can be a nurse and walk in the logic of the impossible. You can be a first responder and walk in the logic of the impossible. You can be a real estate developer and walk in the logic of the impossible. You can be a computer programmer. You can be a designer. No matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, God wants to fill your heart and your life with faith so that you walk in the logic of the impossible and then impossible things start to happen. He said, faith the size of the mustard seed will cast a mountain into the sea. That's what will happen when it gets inside of you. It's powerful. But see, look, our faith is logical, but it's the logic of the impossible. We're not against logic. The word of God, though, should inform our logic. You see, God wants to release the impossible into your life. But the only way you're going to see miracles, the only way you're going to see miracles is if you believe. And it's funny, over the years, I think I've, I've told you guys this story. When I first, you know, gave my heart to the Lord, I had a job that I absolutely hated beyond words. <laughs> I was in sales, and um, uh, I used to work for a uh, textile broker. He sold, like, this kind of material or the, you know, the, the denim, and he sold every kind of material, made so much money. I used to take all of his checks to the bank. I was so envious. Talk about battling with jealousy. And then I would go and he would send me out and say, hey, man, this is the way I started. You can do it. And I would go, and I was a, such a terrible salesman. And I remember one day I actually made a sale. Of all places, I walked into, I had knocked on this door so many times. I walked into Wilson, Wilson. It wasn't Wilson Sporting Goods. It was Wilson, right? And I walked in and the guy looked at me and he had that face of, like pity, like this poor guy, man. <laughs> so he said to me, do you have jersey? How many, how many yards of jersey can you get me? I said, how many do you need? <laughs> and he started laughing. And he said, look and see if you could get me 30,000 yards of jersey. And I was like, give me a second. I called my boss. I said, 30,000? Yes. And we made the deal. I made my first sale. I think my only sale, too. <laughs> So we made the deal, the whole deal, and guess what? My boss was so used to not paying me <laughs> commission, he forgot. That's a cold disc right there. And I remember, I remember going behind, like we, we had a, um, it was three of us. In one, I mean, my brother had left by now, but it used to be three of us in one room with a wall, and then my sister 
um, it was a bunk bed and then my sister had a bed there. And I remember the wall was still there. It was just me and her and I, because I, my brother had left. I walked around one day and I kind of, I was so frustrated because it was like, it was like, I don't know, three or 400 bucks. Uh, back in, back in 19, you know, it was, yeah, it was like I needed that. So, so anyways, I, I was like, Lord, I haven't been, it's been like, I know that we, I saw the paperwork. This thing is done already. He forgot and I'm embarrassed to ask for it. And so I got on my face. I laid on the bed and I got on my face and I prayed. I said, Lord, you know I need this money. I'm your son. You want to provide for me. You did this, God. You know I can't sell a thing. So I know you did this. Lord, would you please move upon his heart to give me that money? And sure enough, next morning I went to work and there was the check. How do you know we serve the God of the impossible? Now, you know what? We got a lot bigger miracles now. A lot bigger. I could tell you stories of many, much, much bigger. Our church is a history of so many miracles. However, however, you have to start where you are with your faith. Believe God for what you're facing. Believe God for what you're doing and what you're going through and say, Lord, move me into the logic of the impossible because God wants to release the impossible in our lives. I was praying this week. He wants to release the impossible into our homes. He wants to release the impossible into our marriages. We can get along. We can love each other. We can have peace. We can have joy. We can have laughter in our homes. Anybody believe that? We can laugh in our homes. We can, come on, clap like you believe it. Step into the logic of the impossible. I don't want to get married because I saw so much, so many ugly things. That's not God's will for you. God's will is joy and peace and victory for your life. Move into the logic of the impossible. God wants our witnessing and our praying to be released into the impossible. He wants us to be different. He wants our finances. He wants our careers to be visited by the impossible. Lord, our callings, the call of God upon your life should be visited by the impossible. So that's the, the first breakthrough. If, the, if they could send a musician, can I tell you, there's never been a season in my life, in our lives, Christy and I took a big step of faith, for example, that supposedly a smart person didn't come with the logic of unbelief. Smart people will always try to talk you out of faith. Even wise people at times can operate in the logic of unbelief. So look at me for a second, because I've seen a trend lately. I've seen a trend that Christians are always going towards what is convenient. 
They're always moving towards what seems to be better at the time and makes you more comfortable at the time. Pray deeper than that. Don't just pray for what's comfortable. Pray for God's will. That's where the miracles are. That's where the power is. That's where you're going to see heaven open up over your life. Not where everything is easy. Not where everything is cozy. You know, how many people in history have done great things for God, but it required great sacrifice. They gave up great careers and great whatever for the sake of the call of God. It's not just, oh, be careful. We're going to, a few weeks, I want to talk about peace. Be careful of saying, you know, I got a peace about this. You know, of course you got a peace about that. It's easier. I'm talking about hearing from God. I'm talking about getting in touch with Christ in you, the hope of glory. Talk about hearing the word of the Lord. That's what moves us into the logic of the impossible. Very quickly, here's the second breakthrough. Faith is a breakthrough that enables us to push through. In other words, you have to be able to push through. You have to be able to keep drilling down on the promise of God because God doesn't always respond immediately. In other words, you can pray like I did just because the next morning, that if the check wasn't there, that doesn't mean that God's not faithful. It just meant that I have to go back and say, Lord, get my check, Lord. You understand? You have to keep pushing. You have to keep. And when faith is really active, it enables you to push through. Let me give you an example. Let's take the Apostle Paul. Because of his past, persecutor of the church, literally a murderer. And he had to push through things. So here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I, everyone, press on. I push through, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Faith will enable you to push towards the heavenward things. Faith will enable you to push towards the will of God. It will enable you to push through no matter what happens. It'll enable you to drill down and say, I'm not giving up. He had to push through his failure. He had to push through the devil's condemnation. He had to push through negativity. Somebody here, there's so much negativity coming at you. You have to push through the negativity. You have to push through the self-criticism. Push through. Push through the labels that people put on you. Push through the things that someone said about you. Push through and operate in the logic of the impossible. We have to push through every logic structure so that we could reach the call of God. Let me put it this way. You know what faith is like? Faith is like a drill. Paul's faith was like a drill. He said, if I have a little bit, 
I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. If I have a lot, it's not because I have a lot. It's because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And no matter what was going on, faith is like a drill. It drills down and drills down and drills down until it breaks through. God wants to put something in your spirit and my, and my spirit that says, I'm going to drill down. Now, here's the thing. When you drill something, they tell you put on goggles. You know why? It's because there's all of this debris that will end up hitting you in the face. You could drill metal, you can drill wood, and the debris is hitting you. But while the debris hits you, when you're operating in faith, you keep on drilling until you break through. You say, I will not back down, devil. No matter what you hit my face with, I will not back down. I'm gonna drill through and see the power of God. You got to drill through. You got to drill through. You got to say, I'm not giving in. Listen, anybody who renovates their home, you renovate your kitchen, you renovate your bathroom, halfway through the renovation, you say, I want to put this house on the market right now. Am I right? Anybody, anybody with me? You're like, good gracious. I thought he said two weeks. It's been like two years now, Lord. But we persevere in the renovation. We persevere because we know in the end it's going to be so nice. Isn't it good when, when the, the contractor leaves? You know, and your kitchen is done. No, no diss to any contractor here. It's just messy. It's just messy. It's just the way it is. You see, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so the logic of faith, it anticipates the debris of construction. You've got to anticipate debris. You've got to know that there's going to be a mess. Have you ever noticed the more you start praying, that all of a sudden the devil wakes up and starts punching you? You know why? It's because you're drilling down. It's because you're drilling through. The word of the Lord is drilled down, pushed through. This past week, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna close now. I was in my kitchen. My wife has just served me a plate of food. Second bite, I got news that a young man, I'm not gonna tell you his name, but a young man in our church who's been here since Troy He's battled many, many years with alcohol. He's been doing so good, been doing so well, and um, he relapsed. I was like, oh, Lord, not again. Not again, Lord. But can I tell you something? It's not the first time he's relapsed. He's relapsed before. And I just feel like every time he's come back from a relapse, he's done better and better. I'll be honest with you. I thought we had completely broken through on this particular issue. 
and I had spoken to his loved ones over the years. And I just want you to know, sometimes you might talk to one of the pastors, okay? You, you, you're watching online. You talk to a man or a woman of God in your life and you bring them your problem and they don't crumble. They don't start going, oh man, what a messed up situation. They're like, yo, God is good. God is powerful. And you know what? You're going to get the victory. You're going to get the victory. I stand against the lie of the work of the devil. He will live for God in victory. How many would say amen? He will live for God in victory. Blessed be his name. And so here's what happens as we go to close. You know what faith is? Faith is a joy-filled defiance of the present difficulty or obstacle. It's a joy-filled defiance. It's a joy-filled defiance that says, devil, you will not beat my family. You will not beat my mind. You will not beat my heart. I will see the victory of God in my life. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, you're gonna do this thing. See, when you start operating like that, you start praying through. We don't talk about praying through anymore. I want to encourage you. We're going to talk more about this on Tuesday. Come out on Tuesday. If you can't be here, come up. Visit us online. Okay, you got to learn how to pray through. But pray th when you pray through, it's because you're defiant. It's because you're saying, I know what God said to me. I know. I know in whom I have believed. Right? Job's wife says, why don't you curse God and die? He says, I'm not cursing God. I know in whom I have believed. I know that my God is faithful. In the worst of times, even if there's no fruit, the Bible says, yet I will praise you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yet I will praise you. But you, you know what? I need to do this right now. I want you to lift your hands. Just say, young man, I want you to pray right now. We're going to drill down for that young man. Not a long relapse, the shortest relapse of his life. The shortest relapse of his life. God, raise him up today, oh God. God, visit him right now, oh God. God, quicken his mind, quicken his heart. Sober him up by the name, by the power of Jesus, oh God. Quicken him, quicken him by your mighty power. God, touch him by your mighty power today. Release him. We rebuke that spirit, oh God. We rebuke that darkness. We rebuke that craving in the name of Jesus. Release him in the name of Jesus. Bring him home, bring him home, bring him home. Bring him home, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah, you take the worst things and you make them the best things, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for his victory. Thank you for his victory. We praise you, God, for his victory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, put your hands together with me. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're not shrinking back. So I just wonder if you walked in through the doors of our church today, you walked into the Lord's house, but the truth of the matter is, is that things have been nibbling away at your faith. Are you walking by faith today? It's God's will for you to walk by faith. A couple weeks ago, we were in prayer meeting. I told people, you gotta pray specific. What's bugging you? What's troubling you? Face it by faith. Let's drill down today. When I, you know, coming into the building, when I was uh, worshiping, imagine you're a powerful God. This I know. This I know. Right? You're not a powerless God. You're a powerful God. This I know. This I know. Hallelujah. Maybe you're in a storm today. Maybe you're battling today. Maybe there's bondage in a loved one today. Maybe your marriage has not been happy for a long, long time. There's been kind of a dark cloud over you. Hallelujah. We have all of the examples of the great men and women of God in scriptures. No one who looks to him will ever be put to shame. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Hallelujah.